Next on BYUSN, BYU men's basketball back on the road again this weekend at Oklahoma State. We'll break down the significance of tomorrow's game between the Cougars and the Cowboys. We'll also preview all the other big games taking place in the best basketball conference in America this weekend. And BYU women's basketball head coach Amber Whiting will join us to preview the rematch between BYU and Kansas as BYU looks to win their fourth straight game. And the latest deep blue on BYU sharpshooter Trevin Nell's focus on being a great teammate and how that has helped him back on the court after an injury. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented as always by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Today is Friday, February 16th. My name is Jason Shepard, and she is someone who scored 47 points in a basketball game in high school, Kristen Kozlowski. Hey, at any level, 47 is hey, great, look, right? Yeah. I'm gonna it's say more that. than I scored, I okay. can promise you that. Okay, but it's not as good as 49, which is what Caitlin Clark scored last night against Michigan. She only needed seven to break the record, and she went off for 49 points. Did it in style last night. Now oh the gosh. NCAA women's uh, record holder in most points scored. She was... Hey, Kelsey Plum yes. broke the record and did it in style. It did it in style, hitting from the logo. Yeah. And I, I loved her comments afterwards. She's like, of course I was going to take a shot like that. The fact that that's the shot that gave her the record, it just amps it up even more than what it was. Well, and it shows you the type of player she's been. Uh, she is so electric and exciting to watch. Yeah. I, I mean, whether you love women's basketball or not, yeah. like watching her is exciting and it's brought in so much increased fandom for not only Iowa, but just the women's basketball game. Well, and, and Spencer and I were having this conversation and I really do think she's probably the closest thing we've seen or the equivalent of what we've seen when, when Jimmer was Jimmer at Mania. his height at Jimmer Mania, I Absolutely. think. Absolutely. And for the reasons that you just said, you know, people that aren't necessarily maybe just more casual fans or don't pay attention at all, but know who she is. And at the time, when you say Jimmer, they knew exactly who Jimmer was. They will tune in because she's sort of transcended the sport. Yeah. She's such a superstar like Jimmer was. I, honestly, I think she's the closest thing we've seen since Jimmer Mania. How cool got, is that? When you got people lining up. Yeah to come to your arena, this is a road game, lining up, selling out the arena for Caitlin Clark. Yep. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, and she's, you yeah. know, now with the NIL, she can do this. She, she did, did up me by two. She yeah. did up me by two points, but she did it at the college level. Which she is, did it at the college yeah. level. Look, 47 points in high school. What was your, we were asked, I asked you this earlier, what do you think your, your career high was in college? Like yeah, high 20s? Like, yeah, high 20s. 20, 20, 20s. Look, nothing to sneeze at now, all right? Don't, don't shortchange yourself. Okay. All right, all rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. six and five with seven games to go to get to go on the road and prove again right like those are emotions that are coming BYU men's basketball hitting the road to Stillwater Oklahoma tomorrow BYU coming off a win over UCF they have now won two in a row the Cougars have won four out of their last five and are obviously playing well with seven games remaining in the regular season. So, Kristen, what is the significance of tomorrow's game for BYU at Oklahoma State? This is a must-win game. BYU has to win this game. Because if you look at what we have remaining, you've got seven games remaining, mm -hmm. right? And, yep. and the ones that we have on the road, this is a winnable game. This is a team that's last in the conference. Oklahoma State is 2-9 and nine in the conference. So, BYU has to go in there and come away with a win. That will put them at 7-5. and five. 
And then on the back six, if they can go three and three on the back six, which I think is really doable with their schedule. I mean, if you look at who they have coming up with the Baylor game at home, that's a winnable game. Kansas State will be tough. They're going to want to get us back, but that's a winnable game. Kansas, I think that's one that might go in the other column. But as you go down the list, the one that they must win and that they should win is the game tomorrow against Oklahoma State. And so the significance lies in their ability to get above 500 mm -hmm. in Big 12 play, put them in a position to be above 500, gives yourself, I would say, just even a little bit of a buffer going into that back six with those three and three. And, and to do that, this is a BYU team where we've seen where they've let some leads go, especially in that second half. They got to take care of the basketball. Yeah. They got to shoot a high volume of threes, which Oklahoma State is really good at the three ball. They're second in the conference yeah. in attempts. They're fourth in makes, right neck and neck with BYU. So it's going to be an interesting matchup, but they got to continue to play their style and just continue to improve when they have scoring droughts to not let the other team go yeah. on runs. Yeah, it is a little bit of uh, strength on strength. You talked about the three-point shooting, the Cougars first in both attempts and makes in the conference, and like you said, uh, second and fourth respectively for the Cowboys. I, I agree with you. This is a, a very important game for, for BYU, and this is, this is a game BYU's favored in. This is a game BYU comes in as the ranked team. This is where BYU comes in, has the overall better record, has the better record in conference. And look, you, you, you talked about the fact that, that Oklahoma State has the two wins at home. Both of their conference wins have not right. won on the road. Both have come on the road. Well, they've beaten West Virginia and they've beaten Kansas State. Two teams BYU has already beaten. So this is a game BYU should absolutely go in expecting to win. But as we've seen, and, and this is just one of those things, we, how many times throughout this entire conference season have we been shocked by a final score? Like, oh, Really, this team beat this team. Or exactly. This team knocked off Kansas, or this team knocked off Texas. Like, that's it is so difficult to win on the road. And I absolutely think BYU is going in and winning this game tomorrow. They're they're the better team. They're on a roll right now. And even though it's on the road, and it's this conference is so difficult to win on the road. I I, I just like what BYU is doing right now. They're proving that it doesn't have to be just you know th this guy and this guy. They can, they can mix it around a little bit. And if somebody's not having a great game, somebody else can step up. They can play in a couple of different ways. I agree with you 100%. Go out there and shoot as many threes as you want. But if for whatever reason Oklahoma State makes the defensive you know, schematic change and starts to shut that down, we've already seen that BYU can go a different direction. They can throw it into Foose. They can play inside out versus outside in. And, and, and they, can, they can drive. We've seen that. Yeah. So uh, the, the significance is... You don't want what would right now be a quad three loss. Mm -hmm. you and know? they're 2-0 oh they're, they're, quad three. They're, they're 2-0 and oh quad three losses. There's a chance, depending on even if, if BYU wins, that could actually turn into a quad two win. Mm -hmm. Oklahoma State, by losing, could, could actually get a bump because they're, they're right there on the, on the edge of a quad three versus quad two. But, you know, this is, this is a game BYU should win. They need to win. And, and I expect them to win. They're the better team in this game. Yeah, it, when you look at how you want to play as a team, how you want to build your resume going into the NCAA tournament, even into Kansas City, yeah. going into those big tournaments postseason play, you have to win the games that you're supposed to win. Right. And this is a game that BYU is supposed to win. Their yeah. net is nine, and Oklahoma State's 137 going into this. On paper, this is a game BYU should win. But as you said, you can't overlook the fact that Anybody on the bottom can beat anybody on the top in the Big 12, and that has been shown throughout the course of the season. So they can't overlook this Oklahoma State team, but it's a game that they should win. You know, the other thing I think is important, and I don't know if it's necessarily more psychologically, 
or, or what, but BYU right now, a game above 500 in the conference at six and five. But the conference road record, they're two and three. Mm-hmm. I, I think getting this win and getting to 500 with an opportunity then, you know, to go above, at least getting to 500 on the road in this conference, that's a big deal. And, and so I think for that reason, it's, it's, it's another... It's another thing that you can, that, uh, sort of a feather in your cap in this conference when you were picked second to last in this conference, to be able to have a 500 record with after this game would be six games remaining. I think that is a big, big accomplishment. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the other thing I do want to see as well, I want to see them keep improving. And I think the biggest area right now they need to improve on is that second half adjustment when teams are going on a run and we're not scoring points, we're not able to manufacture points, we're doing just enough. But I want to see them get a double figure lead, keep that lead the entire game, not lose that double figure lead, even though it's early in the second half, sustain that throughout the course of the game and late stretches into the game. You know, the the other part about this is, you know, this is, it's it's an interesting team because, as we, we talked about, the record's not great, but they, they do play better at home. And you, you just have to be aware of that. They've only got one guy right now averaging in double figures. Now, they do have a, a really good freshman. Um, Daly Jr. is his name, coming off the bench. It's averaging just under 10. But, you, you know, you, you look at just the numbers, there, there's nothing that really jumps out about them in terms of, wow, you're not you, going to be too difficult of a matchup. No, no, they're play. not. And, and BYU, from an athleticism standpoint, I, I, I think they match up well in this game. So this is, I, I agree with you, this is, this, is a, this is a big game. I don't know if I can say must win. I just don't want to put that much pressure on it. Or Because if something does go wrong, then you think that the season's over. I, I, so I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to go must win yet. But this is a big game that BYU needs to go in very, very seriously and, and just take care of business. Yeah. That, that's what you want to do is just go in and take care of business. You mentioned some of the players, but, but Bryce Thompson, another one, towards Labrum, he's out. Yep. Second leading scorer. So that bodes well for BYU. You never want to see someone hurt, but as you look at who they have and how they match up with BYU, BYU is so unique in what they do. There really isn't a team in the Big 12 in terms of style of play and what teams are really having to scheme for defensively. Because you have your starting five, every single one of them can hit a three-point shot. Mm-hmm. Ali Khalifa makes it so unique because he's a guy that can come out, he's a facilitator. You have to honor him from the three, but it just opens up the entire court for these guys to go to work on the back cuts, on the curl cuts, and Khalifa will find them. Then you bring in Fus, Fusini Traori, who gives you a different looking game, a dynamic where you can go inside it and have an inside game with yeah. your back to the basket type post. And then you got Jackson Robinson, who's been moved back to the bench, coming back in, and he's playing what I, I think love is that move. what I think is his best basketball right now. He settles back into comfortable, confident yeah. Jackson, and that's what this BYU team needs. I loved, and I understand why Coach Pope and the staff had put him in the starting lineup. You know, they were going through where a couple of guys were missing, and you, the you sickness, know, right? You had you had the sickness going through the team, so I completely understand why he was there. But I always, in the back of my mind, I was like. Where we've seen Jackson shine and where I think he really helps this team the most is coming off the bench. Because essentially, he's, he's your starter. He's your sixth your starter sixth yeah. coming off the bench. And I love that your bench can have a guy like Jackson, can have a guy like Foose, and a guy like Richie. All three of these guys can the be starters. Coming in. Yeah, so it, that, the depth that having Jackson coming off of your bench gives, I agree with you 100%. Having him, he looks so much more comfortable in that role 
and because you really do have a second starting unit coming in, and I think that's uh, that's something uh, that uh, that pays dividends. All right, let's uh, let's move on from just this game, and let's take a look at some of the other games going on this weekend in the Big 12 Roundup. Kristen, why don't you lead us off? Well, Texas Tech at number 10, Iowa State, and in this game, Texas Tech is coming off a 29-point win against Kansas. Okay, Iowa State won six of seven since losing to BYU, and they're 14 and 0 at home this season. <laughs> This is going to be Iowa State's win. And BYU goes there towards, was it the last? Is it the last regular season game, I believe? It is. Second, the, or, second to last or last? Yes. It is a tough place to play in. Ken Palm favors Iowa State by seven points. But I think that home court advantage, it's going to be tough for Texas Tech. Yeah, this one, this one is, uh, I certainly uh, would agree with Ken Palm. Uh, yeah, and it is the second-to-last game of the regular season for uh, for BYU. And look, hey, Cougars have already knocked off Iowa State, so you know they're going to be looking for a little revenge. All right, uh, this one I'm really intrigued by. Number six, Kansas, at number 25, Oklahoma. Kansas coming off a 29-point loss to Texas Tech. And, and I've got to tell you, so with, with – uh, shameless here, I realize. But with my Chiefs winning the Super Bowl, I've obviously been – even listening even more to sports radio in Kansas City. And so I just happened to be listening that next day after Kansas lost that game at Texas Tech. And I can tell you Jayhawk fans are not happy with the way that this season is going. So I fully expect the, the Kansas Jayhawks to bounce back, even though they're on the road at number 25, Oklahoma. Oklahoma's coming off a loss to Baylor earlier in the week. Uh, the Jayhawks won the first meeting in Lawrence by 12 points. Kansas has lost four straight Big 12 road games, and they're one and five on the road in conference this season. Like this Who is this is unprecedented for a Bill Self coached KU team. The Jayhawks seven and five overall in the Big 12. Sooners six and six. Uh, Kim Palm does have Oklahoma as a one point favorite, but I'm I'm Which going with yeah I'm going with with KU in this matchup. Yeah, top 25 matchup. Yep. And when you've got an aggravated Kansas team that yeah. wants to rebound with yep. a good game, I, I agree with B you. Bill Self did not even want to be in that game and got himself ejected in the Texas Tech game. So he, he, he I'm, I can promise you he'll have his guys ready to go in, uh, in Norman. Absolutely. All right, next up, Texas is at number three, Houston. Houston won the first meeting by four points in Austin. Both teams had a midweek bye, so a lot of time to rest going into this game, a lot of prep time. Houston, another team that is undefeated overall at home. Like Iowa State, they are 13-0 overall at home. Texas is the only team, though, in the Big 12 above 500 on the road. So I think that makes this matchup very interesting. Houston is 8-3. Texas is 5-6 in the conference. Ken Palm favors Houston by 11 points. Double figure. Double-digit favorite at home. At home. All right. Number 12, Baylor on the road in Morgantown at West Virginia. The Baylor Bears, 7-4 in the Big 12 this season. West Virginia, 3-8, but all three wins have been at home, and we saw when BYU went to Morgantown, Cougars had the big lead. West Virginia made a little bit of a run, but the, the Cougars would prevail. Uh, Ken Palm has Baylor as a 10-point favorite on the road in this matchup. All right. And TCU at Kansas State. So TCU tied for six right now in the Big 12 with BYU. They're 6-5. Kansas State is 5-6. TCU beat West Virginia earlier this week. Kansas State has not played since that loss against BYU last Saturday. So a week ago, just about, and Kim Palm favors TCU by one point on the road. It's not easy to win no. on the road in the Big 12. K-State has been one of the biggest surprises to me this year. And I mean that, not, not, not surprise in a good way. I expected them to be so better. much better than, than what they have turned out to be. Now, they certainly can 
get hot at any moment. And yeah, we saw that. We, we've seen, yes, you know, there's still plenty of regular season games going on, and then you've got the conference tournament. So, I mean, they, they can certainly turn it on. They've got the talent to do it, but they've certainly been a surprise. All right, and then the last game, UCF at Cincinnati, a matchup of some of the, uh, the newcomers to the Big 12. UCF obviously coming off the two-point loss here in Provo the other night. Cincinnati is coming off a loss to Iowa State. Both teams are four and seven in the Big 12 this year. The uh, not just new conference rivals, but their old AAC rivals as well. Cincinnati has won the last three meetings in this matchup, and the Bearcats favored by a single point. Is that four games that Ken Palm has picked in single digits? A uh, difference, right? About four games. In yeah, the Big one, two, three. Yeah. I think it's four. Yeah, three. Well, yeah, four. That's how close four. it four can games. be in the Big 12. Hey, that's Not a lot the of blowouts. No, there really isn't. Mm -hmm. Nobody is blowing out other teams. Now, obviously, you had the, the Texas Tech and Kansas game that was a blowout, but that is, that's the rarity in, in the Big 12, which makes it even more exciting to, to watch. Let's take a look at the standings as we head into this weekend. Up top, you have Houston and Iowa State both at 8-3. and three. Baylor, Texas Tech at 7-4. and four. And then you've got uh, Kansas and BYU, or Kansas at seven to five, BYU uh, at six and five, sixth in the Big 12, followed by TCU, Oklahoma, Texas, K-State, Cincinnati, UCF, West Virginia, and then in last place at two and nine, Oklahoma State. Just reinforcing how right important there. it is for BYU. But don't look at the record because yeah. it doesn't. Don't matter. look at the record. Do not look at the record. Yeah. All right. Our question of the day is this: What's your bold prediction for BYU men's basketball's game at? Oklahoma State tomorrow. Uh, the first response coming in on X, uh, this one coming in from uh, Top Gun Brendan, says BYU makes double-digit threes and stays below double-digit turnovers. BYU 80, OSU 58. Yeah, that staying below double-digit turnovers, that's something Coach Pope talks about. And BYU's only averaging 12 right now anyway. It, it really has not been a big, big problem um, but yeah, if you can stay under double-digit turnovers. He really wants that between 10 and 12. Yep, yep. That's the sweet spot exactly. for this BYU team. Uh, Hayden Shockley on Instagram. BYU hits 14 threes. Ooh. Robinson and Nell both have 20-plus. I like the Which sound of that. Which we don't see very often with this team because it's so balanced. Yeah, so you'd exactly. Have two in, in a 20-point game. Yeah, so. I'll, I'll, look, I'll take it. Absolutely. And then also on X, uh, fourth and Kalani says, that's bold enough uh, in this wild competitive league. All right. Not quite sure what that means, but okay. there we go. Continue to weigh in using uh, hashtag BYUSN on X, Facebook, and on Instagram. All right, number 19, BYU men's basketball at Oklahoma State tomorrow. Pre-game coverage begins at 1 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio. All right, I do have to say, I missed a word. Victory, that's bold enough that's in this wild competitive. Be bold. I missed the word victory. Now it all makes sense. I apologize, Fourth and Kalani. <laughs> All right, BYU Women's Basketball looks for their fourth straight win tomorrow when they host Kansas. We'll preview the matchup with head coach Amber Whiting next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is sponsored by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Welcome back inside Studio B. We are live with your day-to-day -day BYU Sports play-by-play -play alongside the great Kristen Kozlowski. My name is Jason Shepard, and we are happy to have the head coach of the BYU Women's Basketball Program joining us, Amber Whiting. Coach, always good to see you. How are thank you? you? Good, good, thank you. So winning's, uh, winning's pretty fun, isn't it? Takes care of a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, th this team's having a lot of fun, and, and they're having fun because they're playing really good basketball right now. 
Yeah, no, they, I mean, they love each other. They're out there and they play for each other. And so when, the, you know, it's fun to see them get hyped on certain plays and whatnot. So yeah, I like, it's fun to coach them too. You've had a couple big wins. Baylor, UCF, Cincinnati on the road. What's been the biggest key to your success for that stretch? Um, I think just them believing in themselves. Because we as coaches believed in them. Um, and it was just like how to get over that last hump. And I just kept thinking to myself, you know, you're in all these games. What is going to put them over the hump? And I just, you know, dove into like believing in each other, believing in themselves. And so I think they, that's what turned the corner. I don't know. It was crazy. You know, when you think about how long the season is, it can obviously be a grind. And then when you take into account all of the <clears throat> off-season training and getting ready, you know, you, you get to this point of the year and you've been playing and coaching and doing all these things for a really, really long time. And there's always going to be peaks and valleys. Where have you seen the biggest growth from your team from the start of the year to now, you know, getting towards the end of the regular season? Um, I think chemistry and just being able to know what each other's doing all the time. Um, we didn't have a couple girls in the summer because of injuries or coming back from them. And then, you know, our rosters changed a lot in the meantime. And so they've stuck together through all those ups and downs. And I think just the chemistry and um, knowing where each other's at on the court and knowing what each other does well and playing to those strengths and those weaknesses. To piggyback off that, I, I on what Jason said, your backcourt, your true freshmen that are leading you right now, I've been so incredibly impressed with their composure, their calmness out there on the court. Where have you seen the biggest growth with those two players? Um, I think their decision-making. I know that uh, there was a couple early games on where I wanted one shot and I yelled at Amari like one, and it just didn't happen that way, she, you know what I mean? So now it's to the point where they both understand time and score, the clock's our friend at certain points in the game. You know, we get a still, we don't need to force it down their throats, we can back it out, get a better shot. Um, just those types of decision-makings down the stretch, I think have been a huge growth in their, both their games. I think it's been, it's been fun to, to go on the road and, with this team. And it's been interesting that when we go on the road, when, whether it's the opposing play-by-play -play or anybody asking uh, about the team, they, they all want to ask about Lauren. They're like, T tell me a little bit more about Lauren. Like, they're all enamored with the numbers mm -hmm. that she's putting up. And we certainly know how great she is. And she's 80 career double-doubles. What makes her so productive and so, um, you know, so skilled at what she does? I think her desire, like she just has that motor and it's nothing that I do. It is all her and she just wants it, you know, and so and she holds herself to a very high standard and she's always accountable for that. Um, last time we played Kansas, we walked out and first thing she says, I'm sorry, coach, like she didn't play her best game, you know, and so when I think granted she had a double double that game right so but to but to put her in that limelight and just know that she's gonna go get it every night every night and then everybody else can just kind of follow suit well you've got your big three that we've talked a little bit about already and the two freshmen and then Gustin but has there been anybody else on this roster that surprised you at this point in the season um, I think everybody has been playing their role really really well um, I think Smiler, she's a knockdown shooter, but she also defends like crazy. Um, and you go down the you go down the line like Emma. She had that crazy stretch against Baylor. Like I mean, that was insane for her to come in. I think she scored 14 points in 13 minutes, something like that. Um, Davenport Rose has stepped into starting lineup like and done really well for us. And so I think every single person on our roster plays their role, and that's what I love about this group is they know what they're good at and they try to play to that strength and do what's best for us.
Yeah, and I think that you, you've got to have buy-in from the players to do that mm -hmm. because, like you said, you've had you've had players that will go a 10-game stretch as a starter, and then you're going to need them to play in in a in a backup role coming off the bench. But if you don't have that buy-in, it doesn't work. But you've had that, and I, I think that's I think that's really helped this team be able to get to the point that they are this season. I just talk to them. I'm just open and honest, and we have communication where I can sit him down and say, okay, this is what I need from you. This is where we're at and explain the whys of it. And I feel like they just buy into it. It's really nice. I mean, credit to them, yeah. all of them. Okay, as you turn the page now to look at Kansas coming in here, they've won four straight, kind of a little bit on a roll. Jackson was a handful last game. As a coach strategically, what's the difference that going into this game, game plan and where the team's at? Um, well, we watched our game film, we watched their last couple games, and just to see like where some of their weaknesses are too, right? Um, and to change things up on our end defensively because she just had her way with us, and we can't do that again. Um, I think Emma got in foul trouble real quick, and so it changed what we were going to do. And so I think hopefully going into this and playing at home, that could help us too. Is, as Kristen mentioned, you know, Tiana Jackson, she had the 25 points, 22 rebounds, 5 blocks. And, and, a lot, and so much of what she was doing and why she was successful was getting second chance opportunities. She was getting offensive rebounds. How much of a focus is that specifically limiting the second chance point, specifically with her, but just in general? I mean, it's huge. We played um, a stretch of zone and we got stops, but we didn't rebound out yeah. of it. And so we got a rebound out of it if we can play a zone, right? Um, but she just, she was a monster that game. She had a, um, I don't know, she had just a motor that didn't quit yeah. that game. And so we have to take care of her first and foremost, but then they have some other really good players that we have to lock down too. And so it's not just one player. That's why they're so effective and playing so well right now is they're just very balanced. So we have to make sure we're staying true to the defensive strategy that we line out. Do you anticipate the return <clears throat> of the bat? <laughs> out, out in Lawrence, Kansas, oh. you had this bat that appeared in the gym, in the arena. That for about crazy. a five-minute stretch, right, in that second quarter. So tell us how that played out and what that was like as a coach. Um, well, honestly, I feel like it kind of loosened our girls up. Like, they were laughing a little bit at it, you know, and they just kind of – and then when, you know, it went away – well, I, didn't, I don't know if it even went away. They didn't catch it, but we just – uh, watching, watching everybody that, try and catch like, it was great. No, it was funny. Um, but then they kind of loosened up a little bit, and then we went on a run, and it kind of helped us. I mean, so, yeah, the bat, that was insane. I've never seen that in my life. Maybe some good luck. A little bit of good <laughs> the luck, The good luck right? bat. Well, so, <laughs> yeah. now, at the time, so I'm on the air, and I, you, as you mentioned, they never caught it. And ultimately, play resumes. But I saw that the referees were talking with, with you two head coaches, and I was wondering, like, is this game going to have to stop? Is this, is this like a, a hazard, having this thing even around? And so they told me after the game that you, it was really up to you two coaches if the game was going to be halted for a while, if you're going to play. What is that basically how that went down? Yeah, they just asked us what we wanted to do. And we said, like, as long as it's away from the players, like, let's play. You know, like, we don't want to stop the game. And so they said if it ever flew down close again, then they would stop it, chase it out again, because they never caught it. From what we heard, it did hit the freshman for yeah. Kansas, right? It hit in Samaya Nichols. 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 Yes. yes. <laughs> but yeah, no BYU player was affected. No. And Nat said it had landed like on the benches, a couple of benches up from us, behind us. <laughs> I didn't even wild. know what was going on. I know. It was, I was wild. It's crazy. Yeah. What's been your um, – we, we spent so much time leading into this season talking about the, the new journey into the Big 12. What, what, has, what has this journey been like so far for, for you and the team? Um, it's everything that I expected as far as like 
Um, the teams are hard. They're tough. They are very different. They play very hard. They, I don't know, just like the coaches you go up against, their strategies, you know, like everything's, everything's what I thought it would be. But night in, night out, like the grind on the players' bodies is what I was, you know, like a little bit, like wasn't prepared for. And so we've tried to manage their bodies along the way during practice, you know. Um, and I thought I'd be a lot deeper too than what I am. Um, but it's, it's fun. I'm not going to lie. It is so fun to go out there every night and just be able to fight the best. And so to be able to play, I mean, I don't know how many teams we have ranked now this week. What is that, four or five, something. But you get that every night out, a chance to knock off the ranked teams. And so that's what's fun about it. I love it. Well, Coach, thank you for being with us. Best yep. of luck tomorrow as you, you look for your fourth win tomorrow against Kansas. And you can catch that game tomorrow live on BYU TV at 6 Eastern. It'll be on the Big 12 now, ESPN Plus, and BYU Radio. Yeah, we uh, obviously want to make sure we give the, uh, the BYU Sports Nation karma to Coach Whiting and the team as they get ready to take on the Jayhawks. All right, since it's NBA All-Star Weekend, we'll pick which all-time BYU players we'd like to see in a dunk and three-point shooting contest. That's coming up. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back inside Studio B. She is Kristen, I am Jason, and let's get to today's headlines. Number 19 BYU men's basketball is on the road at Oklahoma State tomorrow. BYU enters the game 6-5 in Big 12 this season, while Oklahoma State is in last place, 2-9 record. BYU is favored by 9 points with a 79% chance to win, according to Ken Palm. Pre-game coverage for tomorrow's game begins at 1 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio. ESPN and college basketball analyst Jay Billis has BYU ranked as the 14th best team in the country. Joe Lenardi now has BYU as a 5 seed playing Indiana State in Pittsburgh in his latest bracketology. I'm telling you, this season... We're in Salt Lake City. I know, I know. Look, can you imagine what that crowd would be like? Gotta get it back. BYU played in Salt Lake City. Yeah. That would Best be... Best case scenario. Nuts. All right, BYU women's basketball will look for their fourth straight win tomorrow when they host the Kansas Jayhawks. Kansas enters the game on their own winning streak. They've won four in a row. They actually started with the win over BYU in Lawrence in the first meeting. The Cougars are now 5-8 and eight in the Big 12. Kansas is 7-6. and six. You can watch or listen to tomorrow's game at 6 Eastern time on Big 12 Now on ESPN Plus with Spencer and Kristen, or you can listen with me on BYU Radio. Looking forward to that one. All right, number six BYU men's volleyball hosts number two Grand Canyon tonight and tomorrow night in the Smithfield House in an MPSF conference matchup. Shout out to Sean Olmstead. He gave me the sweatshirt, repping it to project. Hey, Sean, some... where's one for me? <laughs> I'm trying to give him some karma from over here. <laughs> Grand Canyon is 9-0 on the season and the only remaining undefeated team left in Division I. Both games can be watched at 9 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV. BYU softball played their first of five games at the Littlewood Classic in Tempe, Arizona last night against host school Arizona State. Cougars lost 10-6. For the first loss of the season, Violet Zavodnik and Haley Morrow each hit a home run for BYU in the loss. BYU plays a total of four games today and tomorrow against Virginia Tech, Illinois State, Memphis, and Cal State Fullerton. That time of year and yes, BYU baseball opens their season today at MLB Desert Invitational in Mesa, Arizona. BYU will play USC tonight before playing Ohio State and Grand Canyon on Saturday and Monday. You can listen live 
to that tonight's game, BYU Radio with Dave McCann, 7 Eastern. Yeah, Dave's got to be loving this. As a Chicago he Cubs fan, this, this game being played at Sloan Park, the spring training home of his Chicago Cubs. All right, BYU Gymnastics will compete tonight in a non-conference meet at number five, Kentucky. BYU currently ranked 28th in the country entering tonight's meet. And BYU men's and women's track and field distance groups will compete at the Terrier Distance Medley Relay Challenge, which is hosted by Boston University tonight. BYU men's golf finished round one, tied for 11th at the John A. Burns Intercollegiate in Hawaii. Senior Zach Jones sits in a tie for 12th individually at three under par. BYU men's tennis will host Nevada in a match this afternoon. BYU is 2-0 at home so far this season. And BYU women's tennis hosting Colorado State tomorrow morning they look for their sixth win of the season. And those are today's headlines. Now it's time to whip it. Cougar Whip Around, presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Kristen, lead us off. All right, did you see this? This college basketball data uh, scientist, Jordan Sperber, he made a video mm -hmm. breaking down BYU offense and it's been, how, why it's been successful. So he titled it, The Team That Plays Offense Like a Video Game. <laughs> okay. Is that a perfect way to describe BYU and how they play this season. Well, yeah, I mean, look, what, what do we all do when we play those games? We go out, we either want to dunk or <laughs> shoot threes, right? No, nobody's playing a video game hitting mid-range jumpers, right? Exactly. So yeah, I think it, it's a, it's, it is, I had never really thought of it that way, but I, I yeah, I think that's pretty spot so I on. I watched this, I would completely agree, <laughs> other than more dunks. Cause like, to your point, yeah. When you're playing those video games, all my kids want to do is get the guy that's going to dunk it every single time. <laughs> yeah. So more dunks from Foos, Tiki, then I think we're right on that. Yeah, the only way this guy's dunking is in a video game. Yes. Yeah, you don't need to agree with it that easily. It's no, it's, you don't need to do that. Do you expect, do you, we talked about this with Coach Whiting, do you expect, expect an appearance from the bat at tomorrow's BYU-Kansas game? That's still so amazing. Absolutely not. There is not going to be a bat that's appearing tomorrow. Even as a joke, you don't think nope. maybe Cosmo comes nope. out in like a Batman nope. outfit? How many are really aware of that, I guess, is the question. Well, we Do we did. need to push it out there more so that people <laughs> understand how unique this was to have a bat flying yeah. around. It hits a freshman guard mm -hmm. for Kansas. Yeah. It's a five-minute delay. Yeah. I did play-by-play -play of the bat flying around the floor yeah. for about two minutes. One of the best parts of that game, I will say, is watching how many people tried to catch it. Oh, yeah. And was it, who was it? Was it Jeff uh, uh, No, Josh, Josh Edwards, Josh player, Edwards, director of player development, came the closest yeah, to for BYU to actually getting it. Yeah, J.E. Oh. came real, real close. No, thank you. No bats today. No bats, all right. But bats with the baseball team today. No bats on the court tomorrow. Yep, that's okay. right. All right, does men's volleyball need at least a split with number two Grand Canyon at home this weekend? Um, yeah, I mean, so so Grand Canyon is the higher ranked team. It's the first- BYU ranked six, yeah, they're BYU ranked number two. First conference game. Do, do they need it? I don't know if I say they need it, but I, I, I expect a, a split. This is- BYU at home, it's just a, it's just a different animal. This, it, the environment there at the, at the Smithfield House is unbelievable. So do they need a split? I don't know if they need it, but I certainly expect at least a split. I expect at least a split, if not a sweep, with the sweatshirt I'm wearing right now for Sean Olmstead, who gave this to me. He's one of my favorite coaches, but I think set the tone early, your first conference matchup, let's no. go. All right, something I'm pretty excited about. I, since I was a kid, I have loved NBA All-Star Weekend. I absolutely love it. Tomorrow you've got the slam dunk and you got all that stuff. Um, so we decided to kind of take the NBA's All-Star Weekend and put a little BYU uh, All-Star Weekend um, flavor on it. Which former BYU players would you like to see in a dunk contest and a three-point contest? All right, so my dunk contest, mm -hmm. my call, 
and Yoli Childs. My call, two, yes. Two very explosive dunkers, had a lot of dunks. Yoli Childs poster dunk that he had on Utah. Thank yes, you very much, yes. right? I still have that photo in my phone. Okay, so you can't deny that they are two of the best to put the ball on the rim and just explode at the rim. Here's a poster dunk right oh, here. Oh yeah, the that was, yeah, it was at the Delta, well, then it was. The screensaver. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yes, it was my screensaver for there a while. There you go. You better believe it. And then my three-point shooting contest, I kind of go with my girl Erin Thorne. Okay. Played with Erin Thorne. On her career, she averaged 41% from three-point. 41% is a three-point shooter. I, I would pick her over a lot of, male or female, I would pick her okay. as one of the top three-point shooters. And then I would also say Jake Toulson. As a senior, he was just under 47% from three-point. Lights out. I, I, I probably, I only did one. If I was gonna go with the second one, I probably would have gone Mike Hall as well. Okay. Just because that's, those, that dunk, everybody remembers that dunk. We showed it just a second ago if you're watching on BYU TV against Air Force. So yes. I probably, but I, I ended up just going with one. Okay. And I just went with Yoli and it's all because so of the dunk on, on the University of Utah. <laughs> that, that was so spectacular. And, and it gets used every time BYU plays Utah in basketball. That's, that's a picture everybody brings up. As for my three point, I mean, Jimmer. It, it begins and ends with Jimmer for me, right? Every shot of his was a three. So Jimmer's gotta be in my three point shooting contest. And then I went with Chase Fisher. The guy hit 10 threes. Broke the record. Broke the record, yeah. yeah. So I mean, okay. I, don't, I don't think I can go wrong with Jimmer Fredette and Chase Fisher being the two guys out on the perimeter during a three-point shooting contest. So that's, those, those, those are the two I went with. I agree. All right, that makes sense. But speaking of All-Star Weekend, BYU's own Puka Nakua is competing in the celebrity game tonight. Did yeah. you know that? I, I, I didn't know that until out. like, uh, yeah, like 20 minutes ago. All right, is he the biggest celebrity that BYU has right now? He is, yeah, there's no question about it. And how cool is that? I mean, he was the last pick of the fifth round. And we all knew how good he was, but you never know with these late round picks if you're gonna get an opportunity. And it's, he went to the perfect team who had the perfect situation with Cooper Cup missing some time. He was immediately given opportunities and he performed from the start. Stafford grew to have confidence in him. And then when they came back and Cup was back, still went to him because they knew what kind of a weapon he was. And quite frankly, any other year, He's winning Offensive Rookie of the Year. Absolutely. But because of C.J. Stroud and what he did as a quarterback, yes, he got the award. Any other year, like he just had the worst year to, to do to be a rookie mm -hmm. because he went up against what C.J. Stroud did. So, yeah, he's, he's by far, when you've got LeBron James and all these mega celebrities tweeting about We've him. We've got Puka. Yeah. There you go. That's, yeah, biggest celebrity for I sure. Agree. I agree. All right, number six, BYU men's volleyball. They're going to host number two, Grand Canyon, tonight and tomorrow in an MPSF conference matchup. You can watch both games at 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Coming up after the break, Deep Blue will feature Trevin Nell's journey from injury to back on the court with the help of being a good teammate. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live on Studio B. Nerves are something that all athletes deal with, but BYU sharpshooter Trevor Nell realized he was battling something more than just nerves. When an injury looked to derail his career, he found that helping his teammates helped him stay positive and recover. This is Deep Blue. 
My hands would shake before games. My legs were jello. I couldn't eat before practices. I couldn't eat before games. I couldn't sleep before games. I don't know if anyone realizes how hard it is to be a BYU athlete. I didn't until I married one. They've got way more public pressure, way more public scrutiny. A lot of people on message boards, internet saying, hey, this guy isn't performing it the way we want because they care about their team. There's a difference between anxiety and like being nervous. Like a lot of people told me, oh, you're just nervous. Those are just good nerves. It was that constant pressure of like, am I good enough? Will I perform? Will I be able to make my shots? Especially as a three-point shooter, you're known like, oh, you can shoot. You're gonna make your shots. So if you're not making your shots, that's a lot of pressure. So for those that are wondering, wow, why is he just uh, on the show and on the sidelines but not on the floor right now? What happened to you and when? Um, so I tore my rotator cuff tendon. It came down to it, I just needed surgery, so. I was in a really dark place and my anxiety was going through the roof. I would even question, God, like, why is this happening to me? I'd almost reevaluate. Is this worth it? Is my dream done at this point? Can I perform at the level I was before? Am I going to be able to make it back? Or what other guys might have gotten ahead of me in the game? Or can I even just play at the level I was? The emotion kind of took over and I just was crying pretty hard because of this life moment, this life accomplishment that I was trying to you know, have. At that point, you have to make a decision. How are you going to proceed? Are you gonna go hide in your room? Are you gonna go get involved in something else? Or are you gonna come suffer through every day with the team? You're force-fed the fact that you're missing, that you have to miss the whole year. He's like, you have two options. You can either see how you can make this better and see the positive, or you can be in this dark place. And he's like, the team needs you. Like, I want you to be a part of the team. I want you to be around as much as possible. Trevin put everybody else ahead of him. And I found myself, instead of stepping back, to really put both feet into the team. He took on a bunch of really important roles. One of the things that we jumped into right away was we had a new NOAA system that we were still trying to learn. Trevin was like, hey, let me, let me be in charge of this. I think at some point we even got him a lab coat so he could really be the shot doctor. One thing that was really good is you were good at like getting into my mechanics a little bit. Mm -hmm. We'd just be like, bro, like jump. Like, 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 <laughs> use your legs or like switch your feet or like something like that. Like just something very small, like you're very attention to detail. You know, talking to Mike, who's always says like, focus on one thing. Yeah. So I think that translates right to shooting. And so for you is like, just jump, just yeah. a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And I really try to help guys shooting wise and trying to teach them the scientific way to shoot a basketball, as well as trying to see how I could perform my shot better. So it was a unique way to help the team as well as figure out a way how I can come back better than I, than I was. As Trev and I started working together, we started working on his shoulder injury, and the more we talked, the more we realized there was a lot more going on that we could help with. It got to the point where like, I was saying, I don't even like basketball. Basketball is something that's scary. What if this goes wrong, or what if I miss these shots? We want to flip that to what if everything goes right? The anxiety was there and the surgery was a blessing in terms of I had a whole year and a half of working with some sports psychologists to try to manage my anxiety. Right, what if those shucks go in? What if I take this risk and things go well? So we've been using that all year and that's brought a lot more joy to the basketball court. It's been a huge blessing and it's been a huge confident booster that A, I know I'm not alone. B, I know that I can do hard things and be able to lean on other people and be vulnerable in different situations. Trev had worked his butt off 
for the last, as they said, basically 588 days since the last game he played. If it wasn't physical, it was mental that he was working on. So to see him come back, he was a starting player after not playing for a whole year. The first play of the season back, and Trev comes flying off, and he doesn't even come to a stop before the ball's left his hands, and it's a perfect shot. All of the shot Dodger analytics, it barely brushes the back rim. And once I saw that first shot go in, I like kind of like looked up and I was like, this is like happening. This is like, I was almost like a gratitude, like thank you. Everything I went through is now paying off. He is making more points than I've ever seen him score. And through it all, we've been there together. We have been through the journey together. She has been there for me through thick and thin, through the good, the bad, and the ugly. In fact, it's my grandma who told me that when you meet someone and you want their dreams, you want them to succeed more than yourself, that's true love. And honestly, that's what my shift has been. It was something of, yes, I want to succeed and I want my dreams to come true, but I want Trevin's to as well. She was an actor. She moved out to LA for four years before she met me, and she wanted to pursue that dream. And she had all of her eggs in that basket. And then she met me and she decided to move back here and have her dream shift for me. The go-getter she is, she opened her own bridal store. And so it's really unique to be able to see somebody with the same drive and the same passion that I have. It's kind of been the shift of I want us to succeed together. She had no doubt in her mind that I would be better than I was before. And so to be able to have that like support is amazing and it's really helped me to grow and become the person I am today. When life doesn't go the way we imagine, I think we learn to adapt and we learn to say, you know what? This is God's plan. How can we make it a positive thing? For the past 500 something days, those days were just adding up and I was meeting God halfway. When you take a step back and see, okay, how can this actually benefit me? How can this be a blessing in disguise? There's so many silver linings, there's so many tender mercies you can find. There's people around you that you can trust and if all else fails, get down and pray and no matter what happens, it's in God's plan and trust that. I remember that specific shot that he was talking about, that first three that he made, because obviously we, we knew that the shoulder was just bothering him. And as a shooter, I mean, you, you know, if, if your shoulder's not in good shape, it's, it's just not going to work. And so to be able to, when he came off that screen and hit that first shot, I remember the, the first thing I thought of, oh, he's back, baby. He's back, because that looked, that looked as pure as it had ever looked. And I'm so happy for him. Uh, I've gotten to know him pretty well and talking to him, interviews and things like that. And I'm so happy. Uh, that, that he's been able to, to find some, some peace with that a little bit. Yeah, it, it's difficult to go through an injury from someone that sat out for a whole year and yeah. had to redshirt just as he did. My injury was a knee injury. His obviously was different with his upper body, but the mental toll it takes on your body to try to come back and feel an importance to be a part of a, the team, even yeah. though you're kind of on the outskirts, it was really difficult. But Trevor Nell, he's coming off 17 points against UCF. Yep. Didn't necessarily get the three-point ball going, but found other ways, as we, yeah. as we have said, manufactured points at the free throw line. So, well, it's opening day for BYU baseball. The Cougars are at the MLB Desert Invitational and play USC tonight in game one. You can listen starting at 7 Eastern on BYU Radio with Dave McCann on the call. All right, we'll put a bow on today's show with more responses to our question of the day. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps or listen to the podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review. Our question of the day is this. What's your bold prediction for BYU men's basketball's game at Oklahoma State tomorrow? First one coming in on Facebook from Andrew Romney. Says BYU finally keeps a large lead and then in parentheses, hopefully, Score prediction 83-72. It goes to something that you were right. talking about earlier in the show. Keep that double-figure lead. Get it early. Keep it through the second half. Let's see them sustain it and not get it within a three, four-point yep. win. Caleb McKay on Instagram. BYU shoots over 45% from three on the road and will run them out of their Ooh. own gym. Boy, and if they put up near 35 attempts where Coach yeah. Pope wants them to be at 45%, that's a lot of threes. I will take that every yeah. day of the week. Uh, Nathan uh, Chantry on Instagram. Mark it down. Free throw record is being broken. Forty-one made threes at the, forty-one made uh, at the stripe. That's a bold prediction. That is a very bold prediction. But is it is it one that anybody wants? No, no. You, you want that? Many? Think about how long that UCF game was. We do not want that to happen. <laughs> well, look, it, whatever it takes for BYU to get the win. If it takes forty-one made free throws to get the win, then we're fine with All it. Right. All right, our lead voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated, Ryan Huntsman on Facebook. My bold prediction is that BYU will build an early 15-plus point lead in the first half and will complete a strong second half without giving up that early 15-point lead. Back to your point again. He says BYU wins the game by 20. All right, Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Uh, former BYU runners and soon-to-be Olympians Connor Mance and Clayton Young were honored at the Utah State Senate yesterday. Congratulations to both of them. All right, our thanks to today's guest, uh, BYU women's basketball head coach Amber Whiting, joining us in Studio B earlier. The conversation continues 24-7 on X, Instagram, and Facebook, and all of our shows are always on demand on BYUSN.com. For the great Kristen Kozlowski, my name is Jason Shepard. Shout out to former BYU slugger Brock Hale. Ah, the BYU baseball season is here. Enjoy your weekend, Cougar fans. We'll be back with you on Monday. Go Cougs! <laughs>